Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast, Week Five, Part Two. Part with the only two twins that are in studio, with Tim on the phone talking to us while he's making fires in the woods. Yo, no lie, during that entire last episode, I was just kind of like working on a fire as well. And my takes were fire, so it's like, now I'm looking at the fire, and I'm, I've got to take my fire takes. It's just too much fire. Guys, so much fire. You know, it, it sounded a lot cooler before we said it on air, and then you tried to do this whole, my takes are fire, my fire is fire type thing, and it's just not working. Yeah, like, quit. Hey, shut up, will All right, we've got seven games left for week five. Let's get it Hello, everybody. It's time for the Jaguars at the Chiefs. Jaguars at Chiefs, baby. Patty Mahomes versus the best defense in the NFL. Doesn't get better than this. If you're the NFL, before we get into fantasy, how do you not flex this game into Sunday night? Do they flex games this early in the season? I don't know, but they should start doing it. Nah, they don't They don't flex games early in the season. I also, yo, I mean, Kansas City and Jacksonville, not exactly the biggest cities, you know? Oh, yeah, but Mahomes against Jacksonville? Yeah. We're going to see Cowboys-Texans Sunday night? I'd rather sleep. No, oh, relax, relax. It's not, <laughs> Texas. It's, not, it's not the best game ever. It's not the best game. Don't. All right, so looking at this game, obviously it's the battle of the unstoppable forces. Patrick Mahomes going up against his toughest challenge last year. Uh, last week was still a quarterback one, even though he had to work through some struggles. He's facing the best defense he's ever played now. And then Jacksonville, on the other hand, is playing probably the worst defense that they've played so far this year. So there's a lot to like in the fantasy world. If we're starting off with the Chiefs, I believe that Patrick Mahomes needs to be started no matter what. Uh, His legs, the way he can get out of the pocket, makes him matchup proof. And I think that Tyreek Hill is also matchup proof when speed kills. And as good as Jalen Ramsey is, he can't keep up with Tyreek Hill if Tyreek Hill beats him on a uh, streak. So I'm happily starting Mahomes and Tyreek Hill this week, although I'm a little lower than Mahomes. Obviously, I don't think he's going to be the number one overall guy. Tim, how do you feel about Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, who I believe are pretty much matchup proof at this point? Jalen Ramsey is one of those guys where you fade the wide receiver playing him most of the time. I find it hard to fade Tyreek Hill for all the reasons that you said. Now, am I expecting Tyreek Hill to be the Tyreek Hill that he's been? I think it would be a little absurd to expect Tyreek Hill to to go, come into this game and catch two touchdowns and give a peace sign to Jalen Ramsey. Now, is it possible? Sure. But is it expected? I, I, it would, I would be hard-pressed to be expecting that out of him. But um, in terms of Patrick Mahomes, now, I, I said this in the beginning of the season after his first two games. I said, yeah, I, Patrick Mahomes is an every-week start except against Jacksonville. And here we are three weeks later, and he's playing Jacksonville. Oh, if I even believe the words that I spoke. Um, now, there are some good fantasy plays on the waiver wire this week. Um, we mentioned uh, we mentioned a couple of them, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, and guys like that who can put up big games for you and aren't playing that. But, I mean, are you really going to give up this hot, this hot streak? Like, hot streaks like this don't come around every day. And when you have the chance to ride one, you ride one. So am I starting Sammy Watkins with the same fervor? No. Am I taking a chance on Albert Wilson? I'm, I'm sorry, not Albert Wilson. Um, Chris Conley? No. I'm not taking a chance on these guys. 
But when it comes to the main guys, I'm in. And uh, one of the guys that will probably oh, – you know, I'll, I'll let you get to the running backs before I mention what I'm going to mention with the running backs. But um, Tariq Hill, I'm playing. <coughs> Pat Mahomes, unless you're like Jason in our league. Uh, not this Jason, another Jason. And you have Pat Mahomes and Cam Newton. Um, I would start Cam Newton over Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to – you know, it's hard to say uh, sit Mahomes. Yeah, you got to play it. Patty Ice, <laughs> if you have him. I have him as an eighth-ranked quarterback. Despite going up against Jacksonville, he's – I don't see how they, uh, they're able to contain him until he proves that he can be contained. So I'm rolling him out there. How's the nickname Patrick Skyscraper? <laughs> Instead of Holmes. Well, you just cracked up by your own terrible Patrick joke. Macondo. Patrick Macondo is better. Maybe Patrick Ma- Ma- Mansion. Timeshare. Patrick Ma Timeshare. <laughs> Patrick Ma Timeshare in the Caribbean. Because you don't see it often, but when you do, it's glorious. <laughs> so Tyreek Hill, though. Yeah, I'm playing him as a wide receiver one as well, low end. It's about time he breaks out a long one. It hasn't happened in a couple weeks. Travis Kelsey, high end, tight end one as always. Kareem Hunt coming out party last week. It was great to see him involved in the passing game. And very involved, actually. Uh, if teams continue to play downfield more and allow more passes to Cream Hunt, that would be great for him. I have him as a low-end running back one this week against Jacksonville. It's a tough matchup, but I loved how involved he was last week, and he had 175-plus yards. So loving, loving Hunt this week, too, as a low-end RB1. So, Michael, yeah, yeah go with him. Sorry, I was going to mention, like, Kareem Hunt. It was great to see him get back involved in the passing game uh, again last week. This is the first really close game we've seen, so you can't expect them to blow out people. And if this is the game script for Hunt in close games, then if you're a Hunt owner, you're kind of taking a sigh of relief because it looked like a guy you were drafting to get five receptions per game was going to get five receptions all year, and all of a sudden he's back uh, in the saddle for the pass-catching role. Another thing, Travis Kelsey, uh, I mean, the tight end landscape is pretty bleak, so you're starting him regardless. But uh, if there's been one weakness for Jacksonville over the years – uh, it is tra- it is not it is Travis Kelsey. It is tight ends in general, and Travis Kelsey is the best of the best right now. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, lock and load in Travis Kelsey in this game. I think Tim definitely hit it on the head with Kareem Hunt. Last week we finally saw a close game for Kansas City, and we saw that a close game means leaning on Kareem Hunt a bit, which is definitely nice to see. Uh, the only other weapon you could really start in Kansas City is Sammy Watkins, but I think that he is not matchup proof, and he is also – Hurt and might not play, but yeah, even if he does he play, plays. I'm not loving Sammy Watkins this week. Moving on to uh, Jacksonville, the Jacksonville side of the ball. So I'm going to get it rolling. I am starting in our money league because of some bye weeks and because of some poor drafting choices. Thanks, Robbie Anderson. I'm starting Blake Bortles. I also lost Jimmy Garoppolo. Blake Bortles, Keelan Cole, and D.D. Westbrook this week. And honestly, I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's going to be uh, Blake Bortles because of his legs. He has a high floor. And then with facing the Kansas City defense, he has a high ceiling. So if you're looking at a high floor, high ceiling guy, what better? Michael doesn't like Bortles this week, but I'm loving it. And it's hard to tell which receiver is going to benefit the most. D.D. Westbrook has the hardest matchup with Kendall Fuller out of the slot. But D.D.'s averaging 75 yards per game and he moves around a bit. So I think he, Cole, and even Moncrief are worth stabs this week against the Kansas City defense that they're going to have to put some points on. So, Tim, I'll go to you first. 
How do you feel about Bortles, DD, Cole, and Moncrief? Uh, it's hard to say that you're not picking every single player that's playing against Kansas City. Um, they have been one of the worst defenses in the league. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're on the field so much because their offense scores so quickly. Uh, but we saw them, again, give up a bunch of yards, uh, both in the air and on the ground, uh, last last week. So uh, I definitely am a fan of starting. In terms of um, starting all three of those guys, I would – you know, be a little reserved about starting three Jacksonville Jaguars, but uh, individually, uh, they all look good this week. Um, Blake Bortles, you're right, because of his legs, has a really high uh, floor. He's also been a consistent top 12 fantasy quarterback for the last three years. So uh, if you're speaking about, uh, if you're speaking ill about Blake Bortles, you're definitely speaking in terms of just like everyday stuff, not just, not fantasy, because he's been great for fantasy. Um, a pass catching option that you didn't mention that I really like this week, I think Austin Safarian Jenkins is a great streamer this week. Yuckers. Um, right now, Kansas City 28th in DVOA against the um, tight end. I was in the middle of pulling up a stat of how many uh, points per game they've allowed the tight ends. I will get that stat for you uh, while Michael is speaking. But I'm, I'm banking on the fact that it's been a lot. Uh, I think that he has as good a chance as anybody to score a touchdown this week. So I think that uh, if you're streaming tight ends, um, then what I'm doing is I picked up Cameron Brait in my money league this week. I think that Cameron Brait is going to be a, a tight end one, uh, possibly from here on out for the rest of the season. We'll talk more about that next week. Um, and then I'm streaming I'm streaming also Severian Jenkins this week until Brait comes back. So I think that uh, ASJ has a good chance to score this week. Uh, Timmy, go ahead and grab yourself a different tight end, please, because ASJ is basically being completely phased out of the offense there. He... His snaps have decreased every single week after playing 87, 85, and 82% of the snaps, respectively. Week four, he played 47% of the snaps, which is obviously not good at all if you're Austin Safarian Jenkins. He has not really done much with his work. He's had three targets, five targets, five targets, five targets, and he does not pass 10 fancy points yet. He's only passed five once. So I'm, I'm not agreeing with you there. Sorry, bro. I'm also just... I. I just have a feeling that Jacksonville's offense is going to let everyone down big time this week. Everyone's on Vortles as a uh, streamer. I just don't like it. He's just continued to – his two games where he expected to be good this year, he didn't do well. The two games he was expected to do bad, he scrubbed it up. He uh, he was expected to – I expected him to do good against New England, and he destroyed it. Yeah. Well, Tennessee Whatever. has been a good He's defense. He's been on and off is what I'm saying. Uh <clears throat> you made me lose track of what I was saying. Yeah, KC just looked like a way better defense against uh, Denver. Denver, And I'm just not really on anyone from that game except Yeldon, who I actually love because I think they're going to be more involved rushing the ball this week. Yeldon is a high-end running back, too, every time Fournette is out. Yeah, I think he's a low-end running back one. Uh, I don't, we, got to, so let's, we got to the running game. I want to give you guys a shout-out. You guys... Um, as the rest of the fantasy world said, take Fournette with your late first-round pick or early second-round pick. Uh, you guys, on the other hand, said, hey, if you get Fournette, you are getting a guy who is going to miss games. And now he's missed uh, two games in a row with a hamstring injury. And now he says he's going to miss two to four more weeks with this hamstring injury. Uh, these soft tissue injuries don't go away. Uh, TJ Yeldon 
is uh, one of the better backs to own. If he's uh, available in your league, which he shouldn't be, go get him. Another guy, Corey Grant. Now, Corey Grant, the last two weeks, has been not really involved in the offense, but he's also been injured. Coming into this week, he is uh, he's he's less injured than he was before. On top of that, uh, knowing that Fournette is going to be out and not playing the guessing game uh, leaves a chance for Doug Marone to get him uh, part, to be part of this offense. Now, I'm not excited about starting Corey Grant, but I think if you need a flex play, uh, a pinch, that Corey Grant could be a nice flex glory slash DFS play this week. I see the appeal, but I'm not. I'm not betting on it myself. The next game on our slate is Raiders at Chargers. Two teams with bottom of the league defense. The Chargers are a bit more of a surprise than the Raiders. The Chargers, we expected their defense to be better. But the loss of Joey Bosa has really hurt them. I mentioned last... Let's see if you guys listen to me or not. Phillip Rivers is one of two quarterbacks with two or more touchdowns in every game. Who's the other? Andy Dalton, suck it. <laughs> there it is. Tim does listen to me. So we'll start off with the Chargers. I'm in the woods all by myself, except with your voice. I have no choice but to listen to you. Maybe you should do this more often. No, no, no. Definitely no. <laughs> <laughs> Phillip Rivers uh, is lined up for another good game. So is Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is receiving a target on nearly one-third of his routes. That's greatest for running backs. And if you look at Oakland's defense, they've allowed a touchdown in the slot to a wide receiver in three of four games. So I think this is going to be... The Keenan Allen game that his uh, roster urge have been waiting for. And I think that Phillip Rivers and Melgo are going to carry the rest of the weight. I think this will be more of a focused game for the Chargers than spread out like it has been a bit. Michael, what's your take on the Chargers this week? Keenan Allen has to start doing something, dude. Enough is enough. Phillip Rivers has to start throwing Keenan Allen the ball. I know it's similar to how last year started, but that was when Keenan Allen was coming off of a bad injury. Now he's just not being super involved, and it's it's frustrating for his owners, and it just hasn't been that great for the Chargers in general in their passing game. Rivers has been doing well, but got to throw the ball to Keenan Allen. He's your number one target. Uh, with that being said, I do think he starts to turn it around this week. Uh, I agree. I think Melvin Gordon is a top-notch play. I'm a little bit lower on Phillip Rivers than you are, but he's also a viable QB1 option. Tim, what's your take on the Chargers' big three? Um, one similarity between the Chargers and the Raiders is you see what can happen to a defense when you lose a major pass rusher. Um, one of them was not a choice. Joey Bosa hurt. Um, one of them definitely by choice, Khalil Mack, in one of the dumbest trades in the history of trades, a trade that I actually defended when it happened, but Jesus Christ, what a bad trade. Um, we're going to... You see them both suffering for it. And, I mean, I like all of the Chargers this week because it's what's not to like uh, against a defense that's been giving up crazy numbers through the air and on the ground. Um, I like Keenan Allen. I, I agree with Jason. One of the things that I noted in this game was that the Raiders are so bad against the slot and Keenan Allen is, is probably going to feast. Um, Mike Williams. Now, I love myself some Mike Williams coming into the year. I love him, but he. I must say that he – does look like he is a touchdown-dependent player in most weeks, so he is always going to be a boomer-bust play. Um, when he does boom, he will boom large. I think this is a good chance for him to boom. Um, and I like to start. I like the start of Philip Rivers in this one. Um, 
Yeah, I think if you have Chargers, start them, including the running backs. I think Melvin Gordon goes for a big game. I think even Austin Eckler has a chance to produce in this one. Uh, topping in with the Williamses, I think Mike is a preferred play to Tyrell. But Mike Williams sees six targets on a good week, so it's not ideal in any sense. Uh, so I'm not starting him. I'm going to disagree with you there, Tim. Austin Eckler, I agree, has some flex value again. He has a role in that offense. And it's pretty set, so I feel like you can trust him as a flex play at this point. Agreed. Moving on to the other team in this game, the Raiders. The Raiders. Derek Carr is leading the charge in his top five in the league in yards, something I wasn't expecting to see in John Gruden's old-style offense. But he still does not have a very great touchdown floor. His weapons aren't the best. So I'm not trusting Derek Carr in this game, even though he's playing a worse-than-expected Chargers defense. Uh, Marshawn Lynch has been one of the most consistent running backs in the league. With John Gruden there, he likes to run the ball. Marshawn Lynch is the perfect bruiser for a ground-and-pound offense, and Lynch keep continues to find the end zone. When they get into the end zone, the red zone, John Gruden is no, no frills. I'm going to take this beast and feed him the ball. If you look at his pass catchers, Amari Cooper is dreadful against good cornerbacks. So I'm expecting him to be terrible against Casey Hayward. I'm not taking a shot on him. Someone I'd rather take a shot on is Jordy Nelson, who's seen eight targets in each of the last two games. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I'd rather start Jordy Nelson over Mark Cooper this week. And then Jared Cook has to be started just because the tight ends are terrible, and he's been pretty decent so far. That's my take on this Oakland offense. Michael, what do you think? So Jared Cook has actually been the number one overall tight end this year, believe it or not. So, But he's, he's been, been a inconsistent. bit more than decent. Yeah. Uh Casey Hayward on Cooper does not spell a good result for Cooper. I agree with you there. Everyone knows Cooper is ridiculously inconsistent. I agree that Jordy Nelson is a solid flex play this week. He's he's becoming more and more involved in the offense, so uh, I'm, I'm liking him there. It's not something I would have expected to say a few weeks ago. And Marshawn Lynch, Mr. Beast Mode, has been just killing it. He's been... One of the highest-ranked runners on PFF all year. He's first in elusive rating, and he's just getting the ball and running downhill over everyone. He he has 60 points through four weeks in the fantasy season, and he's just going to continue to get work. So I think he's a solid high-end RB2 this week. Tim, what's your take on the Raiders? With, yeah, I, I agree with the Marshawn Lynch love. Um, Derek Carr is a guy that even when he passes for all these yards, he this is the first time since week seven of last year that he was a top 15 quarterback in fantasy. So um, I'm pumping the brakes on him a little bit, that's for sure. But it, it is to be noted that he's one of the more accurate passers in the league this year. The only problem with the Raiders' offense in the passing game is it's inconsistent in terms of who is the player to play. Um, it, they aren't good enough uh, on a week-in-and-week-out week 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 basis to support more than one fantasy-relevant receiver, whether that's Jared Cook, Jordy Nelson, uh, or Amari Cooper is going to be a crapshoot every week. Um, but because of the Casey Howard um, love Howard. and the Casey Howard uh, matchup, I'm not I'm not trying to play Amari Cooper this week. Definitely, definitely no. Um, I'm trying to trade Amari Cooper as soon as possible after he had a good game. Uh, two out of the last three weeks, good games. If there's any time to trade Amari Cooper, it's now. Um so, yeah, I, I, I like the options, but I'm not excited about any of them, even though the Chargers have been susceptible uh, through the air. Marshawn Lynch is my favorite play this week. That's it for that game. Moving on to Vikings at Eagles. I think 
One of the biggest surprises this year has been the downfall of the Minnesota Vikings defense. They couldn't even stop a Josh Allen-led Bills, even though he did it with his legs. It still counts. But one team that it's hard to predict when they're playing a defense that's bleeding points is the Eagles. They have a lot of weapons. The most important one being Carson Wentz. Tim, you're the highest on Carson Wentz out of all of us in real life and fantasy. Are you starting him against this Minnesota defense that does not seem to be the same as it was last season? Sorry, starting who? Carson Wentz. Uh, yes, it's hard to say that you would start not start anyone against Minnesota right now. Uh, in their in their last nine games, including the playoffs, Minnesota has given up an average of twenty eight points per game, and that's with one game. I can't remember who the opponent was, but against an anemic offense that scored 17. So the average actually should be a little higher against good teams. Um, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on on that subject in terms of Carson Wentz because Tim, I, me, I do believe that they're beatable. Let me hop in real quick. I have a question for you. We have three quarterbacks tied for uh, 13th in our rankings this week. What's your order? Blake Bortles against KC, Andy Dalton against Miami, and Carson Wentz against Minnesota. That order. That that is the order we have on our rankings, although they are all tied. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be my order that I would be going in. I'd I'd much rather play the other two guys over Wentz. Although Wentz is getting his speed back, he's getting his um his swag back. Uh, the addition of Alshon Jeffrey is one addition that's going to have a giant impact on him. Now, if you're an Alshon Jeffrey owner, if you don't have to start him, uh. The matchup against Xavier Rhodes is not a great one. Xavier Rhodes is a, t- is a big, tall corner. Um, Alshon Jeffries is the type of guy who doesn't get a lot of separation, but instead makes the contested catches. And there's no better cornerback in the league on contested catches than Xavier Rhodes. So that is one thing that I'm looking out for. Although if you must start him, then you must. Like I have to make a decision: Chris Hogan versus Alshon. I'm taking Chris. I'm taking Alshon Jeffrey in that case. So um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not excited about it. Nelson Aguilar. Dropped a lot of balls last week, but that doesn't change the fact that he saw a lot of targets. Uh, he's back into his most comfortable role in the slot. Uh, I like Nelson Aguilar this week to, to bounce back against a team that's been bad against the slot receiver. Uh, and listen, the, the Vikings, they may sound like a vaunting defense, but we just talked about how losing your best pass rusher affects the defense. Everson Griffin, uh, I hope he gets better. He's dealing with some mental health issues right now. Um but he's gone, and there's no t- telling when he's coming back. And it's really affecting the Vikings' defense in a negative way, as we went over in the last game. Uh, losing these big pass rushers really takes a toll on defenses. Yeah, their defense has been pretty awful this year, which is pretty uh, crazy to see. Well, I, I do think Wentz is a solid QB1 option this week. Uh, Aguilar actually had 12 targets last week, like you said, was targeted a lot. Led the team in air yards as well. It just wasn't a good day for him. I think he does bounce back a bit. Zach Ertz is always plug-and-play, top three tight end. Uh, I think Jeffrey has a good shot of finding the end zone this week. Jeffrey had two touchdowns with Nick Foles throwing in the ball against Minnesota last year. Yeah, and Jeffrey Jeffrey looked great uh, last week. So I'm I'm in on all those guys. He looked fresh, that's for sure. He looked, he looked more sprightly than usual. Yeah, and when it comes to the running back... Running backs, Jay Ajay I have as a low-end running back, too. Not playing Clement or Smallwood or Sproles if if he's healthy enough to play. So I'm not I'm not loving the backfield, but Jay Ajay is the guy you got to go with. 
Look, Jay when he plays, gets work. At least 15 touches in each game that he's played. So you can't be mad at his production or his work that he's getting. The only problem is you never – J.H.I. is always one hit away from leaving the game with an injury. When you drafted him, a, when you, drafted him yeah. you would have been happy with at least 15 touches a week. Oh, you would have been ecstatic. And I, I am ecstatic because I'm, I'm one person that drafted J.H.I. with my fourth-round pick. So I've been ecstatic with his production when he's been in the game. The only problem is he's never in the game. Um, I'm taking a guy like Sonny Michelle over him this week. I'm taking a guy like Matt Burita over him this week. Um, yes, I'm just uh, you know JJ. He's if you must play him, he's a good play. On the other side, the Eagles are bottom three in fantasy production allowed to wide receivers. So when it comes to the Vikings, you're firing up Thielen and Diggs confidently as wide receiver one twos always on that precipice. Kyle Rudolph is running route on seventy percent of his snaps this season, so he has to be started in that tight end minefield and Kirk Cousins is also a very good play I think the question comes in when you're talking about the Philadelphia run defense that's been their best asset so far on defense and Dalvin Cook has either been hurt or ineffective all season so Tim what's your take on Dalvin Cook this week hard to trust him um you don't know if he's healthy or not and like I like I said before with Leonard Fournette these issues they creep up these soft tissue issues these hamstring issues they will continue to bother you until the really the only prescription is rest and when you are a nfl running back rest is not in the cards i remember watching dalvin cook on thursday night last week and seeing him get the handoff and get him get see him get crushed by three guys i'm just like jesus this guy's gonna get hurt again without a doubt he's he's running he's not running with this you know he was he was this, he clearly hurt so in terms of dalvin cook now, listen, if you have him, you spent high draft capital on him, so the odds are, unless you drafted Sony Michelle later or uh, like a Matt Breida type, the two guys that I mentioned earlier, uh, with the later picks that are on your bench and you could start them over him, then do. But um, I'm not excited about Dalvin Cook, but if you have to start him, you do. I am excited about Adam Thielen. Uh, one of the be- best players on the Eagles defense last year, Patrick Robinson, uh, left this year to go to the Saints currently on IR, but left to go to the Saints. And um, uh, he, they've been feeling the the heat from it. And Adam, Adam Thielen out of the slot is already, uh, I think, in the top three in targets in the league, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think that's the case. Um, and I love Adam Thielen. I also love Stefan Diggs this week against the secondary that's not as good as last year. So, uh, yeah, I love the passing options, that's for sure. Yeah, they have the highest implied total in Vegas this week as well, so they're expecting a shootout. I love me some Thielen. I have him as my wide receiver four this week, and Diggs as my wide receiver 12. So, again, per usual, I have Thielen slightly higher than Diggs, but I think they're both tremendous plays this week in what should be a pretty pretty fun game to watch. That's, I find that interesting. If I was making the odds, I'd think Steelers-Falcons are the highest total. That, that, actually, that, when that, you said that, that it surprised be. the crap out of me. Sorry, I'm not going to lie. I, it might be second then. I'm pretty sure Steelers Falcons. That game might end 45 to 42. <laughs> I think this. I think the over under on Steelers Falcons is like almost 60. I think it was like 54 and a half ish, which is very Yowza. high. Yeah, that's huge. The next game. Oh, by the but by the way, uh, another pro tip. Sorry, Jason. Another yeah. pro tip. You hear Michael mention the over under in Vegas. A great way to to see if you should star people if you're not if you're not completely certain. Go to the lines and see what the over-under is and see, hey, 
Vegas thinks this team, these teams are going to score 56 points combined. Now, you know, conventional wisdom or someone who hasn't been, you know, all the way in on this season yet says Vikings versus Eagle. Wow, that's a defensive matchup. But neither of those defenses have been good this season, and neither of them have been uh, lights out by any stretch of the imagination. So this is a game where you check out Vegas, you're like, hey, maybe these defenses aren't as good as I thought. Maybe I don't sit these guys up originally, and I feel a lot better about my fantasy players going forward. There's a reason why the casinos in Vegas are still killing it. They make money. They know what they're doing. Moving on to the Rams at Seahawks. Uh, when you think of the Rams and you think of the Seahawks, you think of a pretty bad game. Uh, even before Sean McVay was there, Russell Wilson just always struggled against the Rams. Two of his worst three games last season actually came against the Rams. And even before that, he was just bad against the Rams. He hasn't been a quarterback one in a few weeks. His teammates are not offering any help. Doug Baldwin came back, saw 27% of Wilson's targets, but struggled. He, he also struggles against the Rams. Uh, can't really trust a Seattle running back. Mike Davis came in. Now Chris Carson's probably expected to come back. Elijah uh, Penny is still there. Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny. I knew I was saying something wrong. And then Tyler Lockett is now a, t- a touchdown-dependent flex play with Doug Baldwin back. So there's not a lot to like here, Michael. What do you think about the Seahawks offense? Uh, David Moore, second-year, sixth-round player, is actually getting a lot more snaps as well. They said they wanted to play more, so Brandon Marshall's basically out of the picture. Played almost 70% of the snaps last week, so keep an eye on him because they're going to need to throw to someone other than Doug Baldwin. Like uh, Tyler Lockett, I he's he's out of the plans now that Baldwin is back. He's not someone I even think is rosterable, really. I mean, if you have him on your roster, sure, but... I wouldn't feel great about it. It's not like the upside is there with Baldwin back. Uh, the Schottenheimer offense, as I said, has been absolutely dreadful and is making Russell Wilson a bad fantasy quarterback. And I would not even consider playing him this week, honestly. I think Baldwin has a pretty solid week. I have him... Let's see, where do I have him? I'm pretty sure in wide receiver two territory. Well, Michael's looking. We have Russell Wilson as our 19th quarterback this week. Yeah. Yuck. Uh, yeah, Baldwin is my 25th receiver. So I'm playing Baldwin. Uh, as a wide he, receiver three. As a wide receiver three. Low end wide receiver two. Um, Nick Vanette, I tweeted about him. Uh, Will Disley's out the year. So he's sneaky because they're going to need to throw to someone there. And uh, Nick Vanette's a pretty... Talented tight end. The running backs, I don't really want to touch Davis or Carson until after this week because, as we all know, you cannot believe a thing Pete Carroll says. So they say running back rotation. That means Davis or Carson is getting 41 touches and breaking a record or something. So I'm not touching either of them. Yeah, I was just about to say, another pro tip, don't listen to anything Pete Carroll says ever. Um, he says running back by committee, so that's pretty much guaranteed that if Chris Carson comes back, he's going to see another 30 carries. Um, if you're an Elijah Penny owner, I think it's safe to say cut ties Rashad. with, uh, with him. I'm sorry, not uh, Rashad. I, Penny. I said Elijah as well. I keep doing that on VM as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, by the way, brothers, if you didn't know that those two guys are brothers, but, um, where was I? Rashad oh yeah. Penny. Rashad Penny. You could, you could definitely, uh, cut him at this point. Um, it's hard to go with any Seahawk. Uh, that offensive line is still atrocious, particularly up the middle, although Dwayne Brown has helped at left tackle. Their up-the-middle uh, offensive line is still an atrocious unit, 
and they have two of the best in the world coming at them from the defensive tackle. Out of all defensive tackles uh, ranked on PFF, uh, both Ndamukongsu and Aaron Donald are in the top 10 of all defensive tackles, and they play right next to each other. Uh, I see some turnovers. I would love to play the Rams' defense this week. Um, like you said, the Rams have owned the Seattle Seahawks even before the Rams were good. Back when the Seahawks were good, the Rams would were a lock on the VM picks uh, every week that everyone would pick the Rams and everyone would win. So, so um, yeah, I'm expecting not too much from the Seattle offense. Obviously, if you have Russell Wilson, you picked him high, so you want to start him, but I would, I would sit him this week against the Rams defense. I'm not really feeling comfortable at everyone. Doug Baldwin is my favorite play of the bunch because uh, Russell Wilson is going to have to scramble, and when he does scramble, he loves finding Doug Baldwin. I also disagree with you guys on Ty Lockett. Uh, Ty Lockett is another guy who loves to be the beneficiary of scrambles by Russell Wilson. So uh, it's definitely a Russell Wilson scrambling all around the field type of game. So uh, if you need to, if you must, I'll take a chance on those two guys. That's really it. The Rams are pretty simple. They have five guys, and they all need to be started. Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. True. One of the more interesting things um, that I learned recently, uh, shout-out to Mike Lombardi uh, of The the Ringer um, and former Patriots GM. Uh, He pointed out that all three of these players are all seeing over 90% of the snaps and that the Rams have a very unique offense in terms of they don't really change their personnel. They go out there with three wide receivers every single time. None of the personnel has ever changed. Uh, what they do is that they adjust their personnel to the defense that they're playing. And when that is in division, watch out because Sean McVay knows, these play, knows this team better than any other team probably. They're probably the number one uh, threat to them in that division coming into the preseason. So... Um, yeah, I would definitely say start all three and be very happy that you have one of them. 100%. Yeah. Cup and Woods are actually both top 12 receivers at the moment. And Cooks is like top 20. So it's pretty crazy how efficient they've all been. But I don't see them stopping this week against Seattle. It's firing. Yeah, you, yeah, usually you could see it like, oh, yeah, this, this is going to stop eventually. I don't see that at all. No, I don't either. Rams defense is also a solid play. Agreed. The next game, probably one of the uglier games of the week. We got the Josh Rosen-led Cardinals against the C.J. Beathard-led 49ers. We have as our quarterback four overall. So We did mention Goff as a must-start. Okay. So we got the Cardinals at the 49ers. Uh, if you're looking at something in this game, it's the running backs, in my opinion. David Johnson's snaps and usage have gone up every single week. And then on the other side of the ball, Arizona has allowed 16 or more fantasy points to five running backs through four weeks. So we all know you're starting David Johnson. I think Matt Breida is also a very strong play here. As we've mentioned earlier, C.J. Beathard likes to throw to running backs as well. Tim, I know you're a Matt Breida owner, loud and proud. So are you liking his outlook for this week as well? Yeah, I'm starting him over J.H.I. this week. Uh, I love myself some Matt Breida this week. Now, the reason why is not only has Matt Breida, he's the pass catching back. So he's going to get those pass catches, but he's also been a much more efficient runner than Alfred Morris. There's really no reason to play Morris unless you're giving Breida a breather. And that's how we've seen the offense kind of evolve over the weeks is that Breida's the guy and Morris is the spellback. 
and he's seeing a little more work than a spell back, but that's definitely how the lineup is being constructed. Um, I love me some Matt Breida. On the other side, David Johnson. I am also a David Johnson owner, and for God's sakes, it was good to see him do something. My Lord, the touchdowns have helped him in the first two weeks, but this is a week where he actually got involved in the offense. Uh, he was running out of the slot. He was getting receptions. He was running. Uh, you see that Josh Rosen being added to that offense brings a whole other dimension to that offense. I think Christian Kirk has a chance to do well in this game. He had a lot of opportunities. He just dropped some, you know, rookie rookie stuff. Larry Fitzgerald dropped three balls, one of them for a touchdown last week, which is kind of crazy. You never see Larry Fitzgerald drop any balls. So all of a sudden, this Cardinals offense went goes from probably I don't want to start anyone outside of David Johnson, and I'm not excited about starting David Johnson, to I'm excited about starting David Johnson, and there's some guys there that might actually have a chance. Michael? David Johnson played over 90% of the snaps last week. Shout out to the Cardinals actually giving him the ball. And they actually, for the first time, were doing pretty well. Uh, they had a good fourth quarter. TJ is in a solid spot against San Francisco here. So I'm loving his outlook this week. I think he is a solid RB1. Larry Fitzgerald. What's going on with Larry Fitzgerald, guys? They they just can't get him the ball. He uh, He's basically been out. I'm pretty sure he's outside the overall top 50 receivers, which is crazy for someone of his caliber and... Mm-hmm. Just what he's done in the past recent years, what history says he can do. Uh, I have him outside the top 36 this week, kind of like a wait-and-see week. He has a good matchup against the 49ers. So, I mean, if you want to play him, go for it. He's the only Cardinals receiver I would trust. Ricky Seals-Jones is also in a pretty good spot if you're looking for a – if you're desperate for a touchdown out of the tight end position. George Kittle also, even without his – 82-yard touchdown last week, was having a solid week at around five catches, 70 yards. So that's someone you got to keep firing up. Beathard likes throwing to safety blankets, a.k.a. running backs and tight ends. True that. Uh, On top of that, I'd like to mention this, George Kittle, C.J. Beathard's roommate in college. It's worth something. We've been over this, Tim. Yep. Thanks for repeating it from last week. Any- from what college? Let's see if you remember that. Say again? What college? Uh, fake university. Jason. Iowa. It's AKA Iowa. Yes, nailed F-U. it. F-U. Ha, 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 I'm about to hang up on you. Your jokes. <laughs> Your jokes need uh, work. No, seriously, that was really bad. Any 49ers wide receivers? I'm not trusting any of them. Garcon would be my choice. But, yeah, I'm not trusting any of them. Okay, going to Sunday night football, the battle of the... Sunday night football on NBC. The battle of Texas. We're looking at the Cowboys and the Texans. Uh, Not a lot to like on the Dallas side, so I guess we'll start there to make it quick. Uh, Dak Prescott finally played a little better last week. Still not. You can't start him. If you're looking at his weapons, Swain is playing a bit more. If you really want to reach into that deep tight end pool. GF Swain. But I'm not buying it. And Michael Gallup has seen some red zone targets recently. So if I had to start a Dallas wide receiver, it'd be him. Uh, but besides that, Ezekiel Elliott, you're going to start loud and proud. And that's pretty much it for the offense. Yeah, it's pretty absurd that not a single receiver has really separated himself from the pack there. Clearly not working. But, I mean... Start Zeke, obviously. He had a monster game last week. Should be super involved, as always, again this week. 
high end running back one. That's that's about it for Dallas. Tim, you looking at anyone on the Cowboys besides Zeke? Uh, it's hard to. Um, obviously Zeke is a play. He continues to produce, even though people know exactly what's coming at all times. Um, I, I like the I like Swain. Uh, look, he's getting involved. He had two red zone targets last week. He's touchdown or bust, but in this tight end landscape, you get what you can get, and he's getting the, the target. So, well, he's getting the targets in the end zone at least. So, uh, Swaim is a decent play if you need someone desperately. Switching over to the Texans, I'm going to offer a pro tip as Tim's been doing throughout this podcast. Uh, when you get to week five, start looking at that pup list to see if players who can make an impact are free agents. And I just picked up the. De- Deontay Foreman in our money league. Uh, not someone that I'm very high on. Timmy is, though. So, you know what? I had an open spot, and I figured it on the slight, very tiny chance that Tim is right <laughs> and Foreman becomes the starting running back for the Texans, I'll have him on my team. So, if you have an open spot, give him a chance. But if we're talking about the running backs that are on the team right now, Lamar, Willard, Lamar Miller's work decreased last week. He's going to... He's still been a decent back end running back too, but he's really gonna need to improve to not really, dude. He has not, yeah, not really. really been that either. He's gonna need to start improving unless he's probably gonna lose his work. Michael, are you starting Lamar Miller this week? I mean, I'm not loving it. Uh if I own him and I'm not forced into it, I wouldn't. But I wouldn't I also wouldn't be against it. If he's your R B one, we we got problems. But if he's your number two running back, it's hopefully you have a uh, nice receiving core to help him. Yeah, Lamar Miller is is destined for the receiving back role in Houston. Uh, his ability to run between the tackles is basically gone at this point in his career. Uh, to be fair, he's he's not the type of running back that he's being used as. He's not an every down back. He's more of an elusive dude that uh, needs to have space in order to operate. He's not going to break any tackles in between the tackles. Uh, he's not going to be seen the tackles runner. That's exactly what De- Deonta Foreman does best. So I I was all over Deonta Foreman going into the year. He went on the pub list. Um, I'm stashing him in most of my leagues that have IR spots. I'm actually pretty angry because I haven't checked the waiver wires this tonight yet, and I was hoping to pick up Foreman to next week in the waivers, but freaking Jason stole him from me. So- Thanks a lot, Jason. And, um, you know, you argue with me all week. All, all- Freaking summer about the other form. You go pick him up a week before I want to pick him up. So Lamar, son of a bitch. Lamar Miller is actually the thirty-second most points of all running backs, which is not good. He has three point three points more than Joe Mixon, and Joe Mixon has played a game and a half. Yeah, yeah. The thirty-second ranked running back again. He's like, this is what Lamar Miller is. He's not gonna, he's not gonna win you weeks but he's also not going to lose you weeks like having a rb3 if you have him in your flex spot is not going to lose you weeks but he's just not there's nothing exciting about him it's um, i think his lack of pass game uh prowess is what people expected him i expect him to be more involved in the past game last season when watson played he was but he just hasn't been and that's been the downfall it's crazy what one big game could do for you in the running back landscape because naheem hines is currently the 22nd overall running back that's crazy if you're looking at the pass-catching options, uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's been pretty impressive since being ridden off by many in the beginning of the year. He's been getting better as every 
game goes on. He's back in as a high-end quarterback one, I would say. Even against the Dallas offense that tries to limit opportunities. Will Fuller, you got to keep an eye on. Uh, if he's healthy and playing, he has to be started. DeAndre Hopkins, the same. The interesting guy in the Texans landscape now is Kiki Cuddy, who basically was working as a wide receiver, playing the running back. He was running short routes. He was basically the Texans' running game last year, last week with short routes, getting 15 targets. His first game ever. He obviously has a role on the team. Tim, what's your outlook for Kiki Cuddy this week? I mean, with Will Fuller out, I'm starting him. Uh, there's no guarantee that Will Fuller's out. But I think he's a play that could be played um, even if Will Fuller's in. Now, if, if Will Fuller plays, I wouldn't start him just right away. I would wait a week and see what his role is without Will Fuller. But that's a Texans team that likes to pass the ball. Obviously, they don't have a great running game. And they only pass the ball to two people, Andre Hopkins and Will Fuller. And that's it. No one else is involved. In fact, QT, which is his his last name, how his last name is pronounced, I believe. Uh, QT, he had 11 catches last game, and that's already good enough for the third most on the entire squad. So he's already the third leading receiver on the squad after one game. Now, and also he's a highly touted prospect, third round receiver. Uh, when receivers go in the third round, you they have the ability to play. Um, he's been injured up until this point, but I expect him to. I expect him to be part of this offense going forward. And if Will Fuller plays, and maybe don't play him this week, just to check. But if you're desperate, go for it. And Will, if and if Will Fuller doesn't play, then I'm starting. Kiki, I love you. Yeah, I'm just. I'm gonna call him Kiki because I'm not sure how to pronounce his I, last I think name either. Tim's right. It's QT. QT. Like he's a cutie. Kiki's a cutie. Well, uh, he, yeah, he impressed big time, and he was. A pretty highly touted prospect. And if Will Fuller misses extended time, which we know Will Fuller does pretty often, he's going to be a big part of the offense. And I I was pretty aggressive trying to get him. I put like 20 bucks on him. I was outbid in uh, in our league. So I, I I would definitely like to have him 20 on my bucks, fantasy huh? team. Yep. Interesting. That's it for that game. We're moving on to the final game of the week, Monday night. Redskins at the Saints. Going back to the end of last season, Kamara outtouched. Guess who's back this week? Mark Ingram at the goal line. He also outtouched him in general while playing. So I don't think Alvin Kamara's ceiling is lessened too much by Mark Ingram coming back. Michael... I think the question here in fan, in the fantasy landscape, the most interesting thing in this game is what will Ingram do? And you're pretty uh, agree, ag- agreeable with me, I guess what I'm trying to say. I don't know. You agree with me that he's a back-end RB2 flex play this week. What do you expect to see out of Mark Ingram? Uh, listen, Alvin Kamara has been unreal to start the season, and I don't see how the Saints can justify taking him out of the lineup. So I do not see as big a role for Mark Ingram uh, working his way back in just yet. But with that being said, even if he still can get 10 carries and three receptions in the Saints offense, that is more than plenty to be a solid running back too. So I still like him. I just I think I'm a bit lower on him than I might have started the year on because I expected big things out of Kamara, but he has just been... He's even ex- exceeded my expectations. Tim, what do you think about Mark Ingram this week? Uh, so here's the thing with Mark Ingram. 
Now, if you're Sean Payton, you are looking forward to the fact that you don't have to play Alvin Kamara as much uh, because you want to save him for later. I do understand that. But I think Alvin Kamara has played to the level that you have to question the role that Mark Ingram plays when you come back. Everyone in the fantasy community is kind of just assuming that Mark Ingram takes over the role that he had last year and becomes our RB1, and Kamara is a RB1 alongside him as well, and you have these two RB1s in the same squad. That's a very rare thing to do. And to just expect that to happen, I think, is a little much. Now, could it happen? Yeah. It's even probably likely that it does happen. But if you're a Mark Ingram owner, you have to be a little nervous about the prospects of what could happen um, with this running back by committee. But uh, if it doesn't happen, if if my nervousness is just me being paranoid, then Mark Ingram, I mean, slot him right back in your lineups. This could be a bad week for him to come back. Washington scoring allowed the least number of scoring drives in the league. So... He might be a bit touch on the pendant in his first game back. It'll be interesting to see how he plays. It'll be nice to see it in a primetime game. Washington is also fresh off a bye. That so too. Keep that in mind. They've had two weeks to prepare for a top three offense in the NFL. The rest of the Saints, I think you got to just go right. You, I don't think. You have to go right back to trusting Michael Thomas. He's probably the number one receiver in all fantasy right now if you did a redraft. Uh, Drew Brees is back home and in the dome. Enough said there. you got to start him. And Ted Ginn is only relevant at home, and guess what? New Orleans is at home, so I think he's a decent flex option. Michael, do you have anything to say? I'm never really okay with starting Ted Ginn, but if you're forced into it, do you. And if it works out, good for you, but I wouldn't do it. Uh, Michael Thomas, as always, and Alvin Kamara, as always. That's basically it. Drew Brees, if you have him, you're playing him. He's been unreal to start the year. So teams with Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara are probably... Four and zero. I have Kamara and Thomas on two and two. Joe San- Joe Sanigato has all three of those guys, and he's four and zero. So go. I guess I'm just have some bad luck. The last team we're looking well, at. I did beat you with like the most points in the league. You did. You I should be three most, and one. So. Yeah. The last team we're looking at the Washington Redskins. Alex Smith has a pretty high floor in jo- Jay Gruden's offense, and he can jump into the quarterback one range with a volume game against a good offense and a. Poor defense, and that's exactly the game we're looking at here. Uh, the guy I like the most in this game, Jamison Crowder. The Saints have allowed five touchdowns out of the slot. Everyone was on Shepard last week, but nobody's given Jamison Crowder any, any love. I'm liking Crowder as a wide receiver three this week. Tim, what's your take on Jamison Crowder? Are you buying the Saints cornerbacks out of the slot suck thing, or are you buying that Crowder isn't going to be involved? I am buying both. I am buying that the Saints' corners out of the slot suck. They, that's why they got Patrick Robinson. He's on IR, so that sucks for them. But um, I am also buying that when Jordan Reed plays, Jameson Crowder does not perform. And I think that it's going to be a big Jordan Reed game. So I, I think that I'm staying away from Crowder, but I'm definitely firing up Jordan Reed. Michael? Yeah, I'm not really on Jameson Crowder as much as you because he's more of a slot guy. And I think it's more of a... Paul Richardson or Josh Doxson catching a long touchdown type of game. With that being said, I, I wouldn't like to start any of them. I do think Jordan Reed is in line for a pretty huge game. I have him as my tight end four overall. If we're looking at the running backs, uh, well, Paul Richardson leads the team in air yards, so I'd take a chance on him over Doxson. 
If we're looking at running backs, this seems more like a Chris Thompson game than an AP game. Also, AP mispractice today. I'm firing up Chris Thompson as a running back, too, happily, especially in PPR. And Adrian Peterson, I'm not really touching this week. Yeah, I got Chris Thompson as my running back 16 and AP as my running back 26 because despite the fact that AP isn't, this isn't a, the best matchup for AP, you can't just disregard what he's been able to do, to do this year. He uh, He's even caught some passes. He has five receptions on the season. Whoa. He's, I mean, he's finding the end zone. He's getting the rush attempts. And don't forget, he was on the Saints for like two games last year before they decided he was trash and let him go. So he has something to play for as well. Interesting. And he's a, he plays very spitefully, so I might have to move him up my rankings. But I'm going to lie just because you said that. Yes. Tim? I was going to say one of my favorite reasons why I like AP is I feel like a revenge game is in order. Um, the Saints defense, like, I, well, I thought they were going to be great coming into the season, but I have to listen to my own rules, and I have to stop remembering last year. It's been week four, and they are uh, – almost dead last in DVOA on defense. Um, they've been getting torched. Uh, a lot of that, I, I, I'm guessing, has to do with um, the fact that the offense has scored so quickly. I do think the return of Mark Ingram helps the Saints defense a bit. Um, Joe, San, Joe Santagato mentioned this on the last VM, where uh, the Mark Ingram is their pace back, and they don't really have anyone to pace the game right now. And the return of Mark Ingram means that they could help pace the game. They could help control the timing of the game. So I do like uh, the the Saints defense to improve just a little bit because of that. Uh, but listen, listen. I think Paul Richardson's a good play. I think uh, Jordan Reed's a good play. It's, I think Chris Thompson is a good play. I'm going to play to Chris Thompson um, over AP. But I think that AP, when he has revenge on his mind, he comes out uh, with a bang. So... Um, AP is someone that I definitely think is a, definitely a playable starter. That is all for week five. We have covered all 15 of the games. Can I just say one thing about a player that's on a bye week before we go? Go for it. Cameron Brait. If you are tight end needy, if one of your tight ends, if you are starting Will Disley or you drafted Delaney Walker or you have one of these Injured tight ends that, or, or just have a shitty tight end that sucks, right? Cameron Bray, with Jameis Winston, in the last two years, has over 150 targets, over 100 catches, 14 touchdowns, and over 1,200 yards. That is a tight end one. That is a guy I want. Go get him before he's one of the hottest commodities on the waiver wire next this season. Jameis Winston has been in this predicament of playing. Uh, that's the wrong way to word that. But he's been in the game for too, so long that you understand his tendencies. He loves throwing to his tight ends. And O.J. Howard is going to be out for at least three weeks, which gives you at least two weeks of a tight end that Jameis Winston loves throwing to, being the only tight end on the field. Sign me up for that. I got him in my league. I paid 20 dollars in fab to get him just to ensure that i got him uh i don't regret every any penny uh tight end has been an absolute disaster for me and i really think that i got myself a tight end one uh this in, in this uh go around a free agent so uh he might be on your wire right now because he's on a buy and you can get him for free if he is pick him up stash him and if you need tight end help play him for at least the next two weeks and possibly beyond 
Man, Tim, gotta love the Cam Brate passion. I there. agree completely. <laughs> what we're gonna do now is go over a few Twitter questions. Uh, it's not too many because I'm an asshole and I answered a few of them because I didn't know that Michael tweeted to ask us questions for the podcast. So I was answering on Twitter. But we, <laughs> we still have a few to answer. Yeah, so. I told Jason. I was like, yo, stop answering the damn questions. He's like, oh. Ooh, ooh. So we'll run through them real quick. This is why you guys you guys got to turn on notifications for Brodo like I do. So you see every single tweet sent from Brodo. So you know what's up. Yeah, that's pretty smart. Uh, this one's from Bobby Cryant at Mark Hamlin. How many owners got railed by Kamara so far this year? I'd say a lot. Moving on. <laughs> from at D-L-C-I-T-R-A new. Uh, that's a weird one. Why does Tim love Corey Davis so much? <laughs> I mean, listen, if you don't know why I love Corey Davis so much after last week, you, I, I don't know, tell you. And also, listen, you go two games with Marcus Mariota, Marcus Mariota, 13 targets, 15 targets. That's really all I have to say. This one is from Josiah, at Josiah313 underscore. Who would be your number one fantasy pick if you're able to choose any player in the Super Bowl era? That is a long time. I think I'd have to go, what is it, like 04 LT? Oh, for LT was pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, off the yeah. top, off the I top mean, of my head, LT. it's hard, but I mean David Johnson, the that one year, to, before he got hurt. But 2015. Super Bowl David Johnson going back to like Jerry Rice and shit too. It's, yeah, that's probably. I'm going. I'm, or what about Sean Alexander? Walter Payton, Barry Sanders. 2001. This is a tough question. Yeah. We we could dedicate <laughs> an episode to this question. That we can. I'm going. I'm going DJ man. I'm going DJ from 15. He won me a championship. I love him forever for it. 04 LT. Um, I think it's 04. I mean, 04 LT is another another giant. But it's not every day you get a running back one and a wide receiver three all uh, bundled up in one package. So Obviously, you got to go 2013 Trent Richardson. Yeah, totally. Uh, so this one's more. You, of say, a, you say that, but wasn't that his good year? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> this one's more of like a, a spitball. From at ISO Xenon, players that haven't necessarily gotten the touches or targets, but if they were to see the volume, would be fantasy relevant. You got to think right away, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake is the answer to that question. Uh, let's see more people who who need targets or touches. Uh, Interesting. I wish I, I wish I saw these before I I, I got into. None them. of us have. <laughs> if if Nick Chubb starts to get more work for Carlos Hyde, Ronald Jones. Carry on Johnson, Aaron Jones, all these guys. Carry on, carry on Johnson, I think, is one of the guys that if he gets more work, he's going to be super fantasy relevant. I think Kasiki is a guy we touched upon. <laughs> Nick Vanette. If, he, if, we saw, if he saw more work, it would be pretty interesting in that offense. D.D. Westbrook. I'm saying Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole's Keelan the best wide receiver too. there. It's a good question there. D- Dante Foreman. I mean, Don- yeah, Dante Foreman. We, we just talked about him. Um if he gets any work coming up the pub list, I think he has a great opportunity to be good. And then we got from at Royal Papa underscore J10. I'm playing David Johnson this week. Should I put Michelle or Lamar Miller in my RB2? I think we would all agree Michelle Sorry, right Michelle. away. Yep. For flex, Michelle and don't look back. For flex, it's either. It's either. I just said either. It's either Brita, Calvin Ridley, Coop, Crabtree, or Mike Williams. I'm leaning Calvin Ridley. And I think this shootout. is an obvious debate between Brita and Ridley for sure agree I'm, agree I'm going with Ridley though I'm gonna go with Ridley as well Eileen Eileen Brita he has more of the guaranteed workload against a offense that has been terrible against running backs all right and defense, last defense, one excuse me. from at the kid Vic high school friends shout out to him 
What do you think about trading Fournette for Ingram? That is interesting. I could see as a Fournette owner why you would be frustrated enough to make that trade. <laughs> but at the moment, well, since Fournette's so not supposed to be out So my thinking here long, is, are you 0-4? Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking. True. That's tough. If you but, need the wins, But yes. the Saints have a bye next week. This is true. They still, that's still one more week of production in the, in the next two weeks than Fournette's going to give you. I would probably ask for someone else. If someone were to offer me Ingram and Boyd for Fournette, I'd be more inclined to say yes. Nah, Boyd is, uh, Boyd's too good to be in that. How about like Buck Allen? Buck Allen, I wouldn't do it. I would do that. Michael? Buck Allen. No. So you're not trading Fournette for Ingram? I don't think I would. I'd be tempted. I it's if it, uh, no because yeah Ingram's on a buy next week too Fournette should be back by then hopefully this injury doesn't linger that long yeah. I don't know the, the first one was supposed to be two weeks it ended up being longer this one's supposed to be two weeks I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being longer remember this is a reaggravation this is not just the same one lingering he reaggravated it trades so. have a lot to do with roster construction they do but I I wouldn't be opposed. If you really wanted to do it, to do it. But I would rather have Fournette. Agreed. All right. I'm, I'm going to lean Ingram. That's it for week five. We're all out of games to talk about and questions to answer. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. We are at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter, BrotoFantasy.com online, and SoundCloud.com slash Brodo Fantasy, also Brodo Fantasy on iTunes. I am at Jason Petrop, Michael. At Mike underscore Petrop. Tim. At Tim Petrop on all social media outlets, but only feeling real, real, frisky. real frisky. VeteransMinimum.com. I'm sorry. YouTube.com slash VeteransMinimum for the waiver wave every Tuesday at 11 a.m. And then we are at Broto Fantasy. If I said that already, well, BrotoFantasy.com. Got to say it again. And just to spread the love a little bit, let people know about us. As we said earlier, we are leading our league in points in a tournament with other experts so we know what we're talking about and our loyal followers also agree that's why they're loyal and we love you so and my main league i also have uh, 650 points through four weeks and a half ppr yeah michael's putting up 200 uh, all right i mean like 180 <laughs> a week and i'm not even exaggerating it's getting old <laughs> uh, uh also not to flex or nothing but i'm in four leagues that i take very seriously a very serious competition and i am uh 13 and 3 Booyah. Total. Killing it. Yeah. All right. Come see us. Oh, follow me on IG at Tip Trap. Every Tuesday, I drop Victory Tuesday, so you can see that I'm not just lying. I'm telling the truth. True that. Look at this guy, Victory and Tuesday. And yo, Tim. Yeah. If you want to stay in the woods, I won't be against it. Well, I'm going to have to find my way home after this. and It's a cabin with no electricity, and there's no lights on the way to the path, so uh, wish me luck. All right. Just kidding, bro. I missed your <laughs> presence here today. I'll see you soon. <laughs> With that being said, we will see you all next week. All right, later. Peace.